It's one of the worst nightmares of a parent, watching your child suffer and not know what to do about it. On this podcast of Looking at Lyme, we're going to examine how Lyme disease affects children. If nothing else, Lyme disease is indiscriminate. The most simple walk in the park, or game of hide-and-go-seek, can result in a tick bite. We're going to meet a pediatrician who had a front row seat to understanding how Lyme disease can impact your family. Hello, I'm Sarah Cormode, and I'm the host of the Can Lyme podcast, Looking at Lyme. Children are among the most vulnerable to ticks for many reasons. Healthy kids love playing outdoors, and they may not even know that they were bitten by a tick because they can't feel the bite. Children are especially vulnerable because they're low to the ground. They love to roll in the leaves, they love to play in the grass, they love to cuddle with their pets, and all of these activities make them more susceptible to a bite. Not only is Dr. Ted Cormode an expert in Lyme disease, he's also my dad. You could say the Cormode family has become well acquainted with this disease out of necessity. I've been healing from Lyme disease for eight years now, and my dad has scoured through the medical research to help solve this problem. He's also consulted as a pediatrician on a number of cases. Hi, Dad. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. What podcast? (laughs) How do you tell the difference between signs and symptoms in children? Well, Sarah, that's an interesting question because uh, Lyme is symptom-rich and sign-poor. Symptoms are are, uh, subjective things, things that you talk about that you, you say, I have a sore joint. And a sign is something that you can see, take a picture of, take an x-ray of, show it to your friends. So... Uh, a swollen joint would be a sign, and a sore joint would be a symptom. What about a sore brain? What would that be? <laughs> well, that would be a headache, and that would be a, a symptom. How does Lyme disease present in children? I would say that Lyme disease in children presents uh, very similar to adults, except, of course, depending on the age of the child, uh, it may not. It may just complain that the knee is hurt, and you see a swollen knee, uh, and uh, and uh, that happens a little more often in children, perhaps, than in adults, depending on again, depending on the age. Uh, they'll often just say that their tummy hurts, or that they they feel awfully awful. I had a one child that said it felt like he was vibrating inside. Uh, and if an adult said that, they'd say, oh, come on, this guy's cuckoo. Uh, but uh, so children may uh, say things in their language that we don't quite under uh, appreciate what they're saying, but that's, a, that's their way of saying I re- I'm pretty feel rotten. It's almost a little bit like uh, my pet Lucy, my dog Lucy, and I can't really, you know, I have to observe her and pay attention to, you know, her behavior yeah. to try to figure out what's going on with her because she can't talk to me. <laughs> Exactly. You see her limping and you think there's something wrong in her feet or her knees or her hips. Do you recall a case of a child that stands out in your mind? Uh, Well, I had um, an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old girl who who lives in the far north in Northwest Territories. She spent some time visiting relatives in the south part of Alberta 
She camped with the family. They hiked in the bushes. And uh, when she left, she had car sickness on the way home, something that never had happened before. Uh, when she got home, she had uh, uh, a fever. She had myalgia, muscle pain. She had arthralgia, um, uh, joint pain. Uh, she had tummy ache. Uh, she had a headache. And in all, she had, I think it was seven symptoms and one sign uh, the one sign would be was fever, uh, and uh, she uh, w- went on to develop extreme fatigue. Uh, somebody that was uh, she actually took was off school and was uh, homeschooled for a year and a half. Somebody who was visiting a physician that was visiting the area said you might have Lyme disease, and uh, they took a test that came back equivocal. But in the meantime, she'd also had a sleep study. Somebody did a study to see if she was sleeping well. And, of course, uh, children as well as adults who have Lyme disease have terrible insomnia and don't sleep well. Uh, And the the sleep study showed that she had uh, obstructive sleep apnea. As a a coroner and a reviewer of uh, pediatric deaths, uh, we became aware that a- adults that do uh, adult tests on children uh, can often misinterpret them, and certainly the people involved, the physicians involved, uh, felt there was no evidence of obstructive sleep apnea. But they uh, proceeded to take her tonsils out, after which time, uh, and actually gave her an antibiotic for 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, she was entirely well and went back to school. Uh, the antibiotic was stopped after 10 days. And very quickly, she regressed. So the antibiotic is what helped her get better. Clinically, all those symptoms suggested that she had Lyme disease. And uh, so she was started back on antibiotics. Uh, She took antibiotics for three months, at the end of which time she uh, again, about two weeks later, she again had some symptoms, was given antibiotics again. Uh, and at the end of that, those antibiotics, she was well and, and continued to stay well and got back in with her friends, doing all the things she did before. Uh, uh, and uh, I should have mentioned that during the hiatus there, she had referrals to a lot of different specialists, a lot of different tests, EEGs, ECGs, brain scans, and none of them came up with uh, the, correct, the, the correct or real diagnosis and the response to the antibiotics and the clinical history and the predominance of symptoms would suggest that that's what she had, uh, but the test did not confirm that, and that is mm-hmm. not a reason to say she did not have Lyme disease. Yeah, that story is so familiar, but I think what's uh, great about that story is that that child had a re- had recovery and intervention. Yes, com- complete recovery, and I have phoned her uh, almost every year when something like this comes up, I phone and say, how are you doing? And she's now 16 and doing extremely well. What would the impacts have been if that child had not been treated? It could have been uh, progression to other complications of Lyme, such as carditis, which has been reported a number of cases recently in the Canadian Medical Association Journal. Right. There were recently a few case studies presented in the Canadian Medical Association Journal. And yes, there were, and I think it was May 30th or about two issues ago, and there were three cases presented. They uh, all had carditis, uh, and that's why they were being um, 
where they were being published, and probably because it was Lyme, uh, Lyme uh, Awareness Month. Uh, what what I noticed, rather than myocarditis, which was kind of exciting to see how they treated it, but all three people, when they first presented uh, to another source, an emergency room, a doctor's office, uh, all three of them had, from highly endemic areas, had uh, rashes and uh, and and were, were with uh, some with arthralgia, fatigue, uh, and. Uh, and, and clearly had more than uh, just uh, the flu, which one was diagnosed with. All three, all three rashes were misdiagnosed, uh, uh, and and so the opportunity to start them on early treatment was lost. Uh, they, they were treated uh, for some some for one month, uh, one month, uh, some just a week a week delay. One one was two or three weeks, and one was in fact uh, 15 days. Uh, and there was one death. So uh, these are all people that, had they been treated early, uh, could would quite possibly have uh, avoided that. How prevalent is Lyme disease in children? Well, it it it, it depends on the area, of course, in which they live. Uh, the higher the incidence of ticks bearing. Uh, um, infect, uh, infected that are infected with Borrelia, the higher the incidence of um, uh, of, of Lyme. Uh, I don't. It, it, there's no higher in children than it is in adults in the same in the same situation. Does it affect children more acutely? Would you say? I don't. I wouldn't say so. No. Uh, the, the one the, the the girl I told you about. Uh, she was a year and a half before she got started on treatment after her tonsils were removed. So for children as well as adults, it's really important that they have a family physician so that they have an accurate history of that patient. Right. So, so to, to me, the, the loss of the traditional family doctor is one of the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, uh, saddest events in, 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 med- in medicine. There are more people going into specialties now, and and the general practice is the most difficult profession of all. And they they know the families well, and so they don't dismiss the fact that they present with five or six or seven symptoms and say, you can't possibly have so many things wrong, because he's been coming to them, or he or she's been coming to them for the last five years and hasn't been to the office once except maybe to get an immunization and he knows the rest of the family that they don't show up a lot either so he can eliminate that uh, consideration which is often what patients who have numerous symptoms and few signs are accused of. So if parents are taking their children into the outdoors this summer what are some of the things they should consider to help prevent tick bites? Well they uh, they, they, they certainly don't need to stay away from areas where there's uh, that are highly endemic. And they, for instance, the Kingston, Cornwall, Ottawa Triangle is a highly endemic area. Southern Alberta, or rather southern BC, uh, on the island and along the, the uh, west coast of BC have been identified as areas at risk. So I, I'd still go to those areas, but you should take protection. Uh, um, tuck your your pants and your in your socks and uh, and spray 
uh, yourself, ideally with uh, something containing DEET, but some, there are some naturopathic uh, solutions that are felt to be adequate as well. Uh, and uh, stay on trail uh, and do tick checks when you get home. And another thing to keep in mind is if you find a tick on you, there may be two more as well. So don't stop with the one that you see. Uh, be sure to check again. And a good thing if you've been out in the woods and not hiking through, especially long grass, when you get, get home, take the clothes off, put them in the dryer for 15 minutes, and the heat will kill any that are there. Washing them won't necessarily kill them. And we all love our furry friends, uh, but is it a good idea to have our pets sleeping on our beds with us? No, I've told you that, that you shouldn't have your dog sleeping on your bed. <laughs> so as a parent, I mean, I'm your child, I'm a grown child, but how, how was it for you being the, being the parent of a sick child? Well, it was awful, and um, it was terrible. And um, the I remember you calling me from your car to say that you had tingling in your face and numbness in your fingers and and your toes and and a terribly sore neck and pain in your ear and photophobia and hyperacusis and and I didn't I knew nothing about Lyme disease at that point except the name and so since then I've read widely uh, I'm aware that there's an increased suicide rate in um, people who've had uh, 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 persistent Lyme and, uh, and, uh, and or, or post-Lyme complications. And um, so we thought whenever we phoned you and you didn't answer the phone, we'd have somebody check on you and, 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 and assure us that you were fortunate to have some very, very good friends that were one who was a, uh, shared the accommodation and uh, and uh, they were very helpful for us and for you. And it is so nice to see you back very close to normal. Indeed. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. <laughs> so what advice would you give to other parents having gone through that experience? If the doctor says something outlandish, like no one in, no one in Alberta has, has Lyme disease. There are no ticks here with Lyme disease. Or... or we, I've never seen that before. It couldn't possibly be that. He said, anybody that's, that's that dogmatic, you should get a different doctor. And if you disagree with somebody and in your, in your gut you feel, it's, this just isn't right. She's never had this before. This is not how she behaves. The grandparents are bringing it up to me. Then you need to, you need to uh, pick a different source. And when you have someone that you trust, and then hang in there with them. And and um, yeah, it's it's just, it's a long haul. Do you think that pediatricians have enough training about Lyme disease and tick-borne illnesses? Uh, absolutely not. We're, we're told that, that the guidelines say that doctors should um, that, that you need to have an observed rash uh, to to count as a as a Lyme-related rash. And here are three cases in the CMAJ all of whom doctors misdiagnosed. So we've got a long way to go. Also, doctors are still relying on uh, lab tests done under two, two to three weeks of age. Early on, the ELISA test is, uh, is often negative. And so, um, and so uh, yeah, so if you've had a negative test, and, and, and in general, 
A negative test does not mean you don't have Lyme disease. A positive test uh, uh, supports a clinical diagnosis. Well, I know we have uh, lots of different topics we could continue digging deeper into, and we might do that in a future podcast. But for now, I just want to thank you for your time and thank you for joining us on this podcast, Dad, and thanks for being with me through the journey and learning with me. Yeah, yeah, and thank you for being born. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye, Sarah. (laughs) Bye-bye. Mwah. So parents, let's remember that when we bring our children in from playing in the outdoors, don't forget to do a quick tick check. I want to thank my dad so much for joining us on the podcast. That was Dr. Ted Cormode. Lyme disease has been one of the biggest challenges our families had to go through. And if speaking about it will help another family deal with this disease, then I will be truly grateful. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe in the outdoors. Thank you.